0: Welcome to the How to HR podcast. I'm your host, Shona, founder and director at Lilac HR, where we help small and medium-sized businesses become brilliant employers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Feel free to subscribe and let's get cracking. Hi everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of the How to HR podcast. Today, I'm joined by my fabulous guest, Julie.
1: Hello, and thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Oh, you're so, so welcome. Julie, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business and what you do?
1: Okay, yeah, of course I can. My name's um, Julie Hunt, and um, I own um, Face-to-Face Finance, which is an independent financial advisors. So we look after people's pensions and investments and help them plan for their retirement. And uh, we're based in Norfolk in Norwich, and I have a team of 11 of us.
0: Wow that's awesome so how have you found the last 12 months because it's been a roller coaster for everybody isn't it
1: it certainly has been and I, I remember back on the 23rd of March I think last year and I was really really you knew it was coming it was kind of like one of those things where things had happened across the rest of the country different shut, like in the gym shut it they're gonna shut I what's happened and I think we announced it was due for at five o'clock and I'm like hey, guys don't, don't just, just hang fire don't go home yet let's just see what he's got to say and then it got moved to eight o'clock and I was like okay well you better go home <laughs> so, and um, obviously we, we obviously had the announcements and um, everybody then came in got all their bits and pieces you know their, their super clips their pens their calculators and rulers and off they all went their little boxes and um, all went home, and um, we were all up and running the next morning, everybody working from home. Apart from me, I stayed in the office, so I was the person who pressed tray four on the printer, dealt with the posts i used to scan everything send it off to people and then everyone would print everything off in the office and i'd collate it all together and then post it outdoors so but yeah it was um really kind of interesting times really and certainly i I had um we've got a couple of people children so that was interesting for them as well because not only were they working from home they were also homeschooling which was um obviously you can imagine quite um challenging times so um We just kind of did the best we could really. And um, we had a daily Zoom meeting on, so we used to call it like um, a a sort of like our little powwow call. So every morning at sort of uh, 9.30 or half past eight sort of time we'd get together and has anyone got any questions for the day and a bit of a like a social Mm -hmm. and then kind of um, sort of get on with the day. Obviously that gets harder when no one's doing anything. So when you say, oh, so how was your evening? And it's like, oh yes. Um, uh, I watched some telly and had my tea and then went to bed after you know 365 days of that it's kind of like what else are we going to talk about so your wild party life in lockdown so um it's been interesting um we didn't furlough any of our staff and um for a work point of view it kind of got to the end of april and i was like oh it's getting really it's getting quiet maybe we're going to get the scanning backlog because that's always the thing it's always thing, isn't it? every company has a thing but always seems to be left to the last and I think scanning labeling is definitely one of our last and filing and then it just suddenly got busy I think people were at home and they were like oh well we're, not, we're going to be here a little while let's go for our paperwork and then we'd got phone calls oh I found this pension or can we do something with this and kind of gradually we had new people as well as existing clients coming in and it's just been busy ever since really to be honest from that respect.
0: That's amazing that's such a I don't even know, I don't even know what, it's just, it's just been such a mental year, isn't it? And I think it's amazing what a difference it's made just having people in their house for a longer period of time, because so many people that I've spoken to have said we're really busy is people remodeling their houses and decorating and getting their shit together and you just think, oh my God, like, imagine what would have happened if we hadn't have had the pandemic. I know, obviously, it's been really, really horrific for lots and lots of people, But at the same time, it's given people that time to think, hasn't it? And the space to get their stuff together and get things in order.
1: No, definitely. We found also a lot of clients, obviously we've got clients who have, have been hugely affected in like in the hospitality industry. And, you know, there's been obviously lots of areas where we've had to help clients from that respect and have, they've had to get access to their pension money earlier than they would have anticipated. So there has been some, obviously some really, really bad stories. But obviously there's been some real positives as well. I mean, we've got clients who have um, paid their credit cards off for the first time in years, have managed to save money when they've not before because, you know, always their money has been on going out or holidays or things whereas suddenly there is no holidays and there is no going out and you know especially when you've got families and you've got children as well every time you go out you're 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 going out and sort of having to pay for four people or five people that hasn't happened they've had to find their own entertainment at home by walking cycling and things locally to home and that's been had a huge impact on making on savings where they've been working still so even clients would have been furloughed have still in some places actually made a savings where they've been able to um not been spending money so there has been some positives from this I think
0: yeah yes it's, it's, it's a real mixed bag isn't it yeah how um how have you found keeping the team motivated because obviously you said that everyone went home really great that you didn't have to furlough everybody but then all of a sudden you're in this ghost town of an office um and when you're in a small team you're used to being together all the time aren't you and doing talking to each other and doing everything sort of with communication how have you found that
1: so I think it it has been harder and I think at the moment we're kind of like some of the girls are back and some of them are still at home so I feel that when we do anything in the office it kind of feels a bit guilty like oh we were going to have Prosecco and well, so-and-so's at home, so they're not gonna get Prosecco. So there is an element of kind of, um, it, it's not the same. And I mean, one of the girls I haven't seen, I've only seen her for a couple of weeks in the summer since February. And um, obviously we see her like on Zoom every day, but it's not the same as her actually being part of a team. So we do miss certainly having them back in again. And um, the consultants are all at home still. We haven't let them back in at all. So which is quite nice because they can't pop out of their office and say, can you just, which is yeah. quite pleasant from that respect. But we've got them all working from home. Um, and it has um, for me personally, being on my own. I actually found that when they started coming back last summer, when there was like two come back in, so it was three of us in the office. I was OK. And when the fourth person came in, it didn't matter who it was. It wasn't like a particular person. Um, I was like, oh, too many people. I don't like this at all. Or can I only can deal with like three people in the office at once. I don't think I can cope with four people in the office. So I have got over that now. It's, I'm not completely antisocial. And um, I kind of found that my best friend was the postman. We had a, used to chat and obviously he'd tell me what was going on in the outside world. And also the crow, would you believe? I said it was really random, <laughs> but there was a crow outside and um, they got really, really friendly. We had like in our car park at work, we had um deer. which we wouldn't have there and this crow every morning i'd come to work and she'd be there waiting for me corin and um and one day i i'd obviously told one of my colleagues that she was popping in to drop off some paperwork and I told her about this crow and then we nicknamed her Cheryl. So she was Cheryl Crow. Love so it. <laughs> and, um, and I sort of joked about, you know, Cheryl's going to be pe- you know, pecking on the door. If I don't respond, you might find me lying on the floor. My eyes pecked out. And I could hear this tapping on the door and I thought it was Becky messing about. And I looked, it was the crow actually pecking on Should the door. We? I'm like, oh, Cheryl. And I'm like, no, someone needs to come back and work with me. I can't be here on my own. It's far too traumatic. That's
0: so creepy. <laughs> I know I know
1: it's like and every now and again we don't see as much because there's more people in the building because yeah. in our main building we've also got the NHS around the back so there's obviously they've got people there they used to dance in the car park at the start of lockdown so there used to be some real like sort of some really 80s kind of like pop music and they'd be dancing around the car park to it, a bit of agadoo and stuff like that so I used to always look out the window and watch that so that was always good fun but yes it is it was a bit strange being here on your own completely definitely.
0: Yeah it's I, I definitely feel like you said about having too many people around you I, I definitely feel that especially now I've moved into working from home pretty much permanently I try not to associate with anybody I'm just like get away from me I don't can't can't cope can't cope it's too much well, it's, it's
1: got like everyone's saying about having people in the garden like last weekend I'm like um no I'm I'm fine we don't need to have anyone around I'm, I'm not quite ready for that kind of level of sociability yet <laughs>
0: yeah like I, I can do outside I'm not too bad but I don't want people in my house yet I'm not ready
1: <laughs> no, no, no I know exactly what you mean absolutely it's
0: odd it's odd isn't it and I think there's going to be so many employees who are going to feel like that especially the ones that have been furloughed when they've got to make that transition back to a actually working and b having to be around people and not being inside your house it's going to be really strange
1: It is going to be really, really different. I think it's going to be difficult for, as you say, people who haven't worked for twelve months. It's going to be a real culture shock to then actually going back to being employed. I mean, and I guess we've been quite lucky from the fact I haven't furloughed anybody, which means that we we won't have that problem. Certainly going, um, certainly going.
0: Excuse my dogs kicking off in the background.
1: But as you say, certainly going forward, it's going to be there is going to be companies and there's going to be people who really struggle. I think there's going to be a lot of um, like mental health issues as well that are going to come off the back of this. And you know, there's a lot of people who certainly, I mean, I wouldn't call myself someone who, who gets particularly worried about things, but i I've, sometimes I'd, you do feel a bit like, you know, what I could do with a holiday. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who feel like that who needs the, who kind of you know, it's been a long time. We haven't had a break. We haven't had a holiday. I know last year between March and um, December, I came in every day. And normally we do a four we do a four day week, and I just we, we work only one one Friday and four. And I worked every Friday and literally Monday to Friday every week throughout the hull of last year, apart from a couple of weeks when I had sort of a family kind of a situation. And you know, got to January, I'm like, right, I'm taking my Fridays off. When it's my Friday off, I'm going to be taking those days off because I need. I just need that time and I just could do a holiday to be honest yeah
0: 100% (laughs) like even though we've not necessarily had lots to do outside of work I think just the fact that you're stuck either working or watching Netflix or whatever it is you're doing in your (laughs) free time you know limited.
1: So yeah, it is. Well, you can have box set conversations. Honestly, if we like well, yeah. what box set, you watch. Oh, I'm watching a bit of Handmaid's Tale, or I'm oh, I'm watching. So you know, it is, and that is our conversation. We don't discuss anything else. It's not like oh, I went to that new bar on Friday night, or I went and had a meal in so and so restaurant. We just don't have those conversations anymore.
0: No, it's it's so peculiar how it's impl- impacted. Obviously, it's impacted everything in our lives, but even just the way that we interact with people now. And I still ask people, like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Knowing full well there's nothing to do.
1: So, actually, to be fair, we've started walking across Norfolk. So, I have, you know, that's my kind of goal at the moment. So, You have. You've been trekking some miles, haven't you? We did, yeah. We did um, 17 miles last Sunday. So, we walked 11 on the Friday and then 17 on the Sunday. So, hopefully, we'll be out again this Sunday doing another 16, so...
0: That's amazing. I don't know where you find the motivation to do that because I'm at a point where I'm just a bit like, if, if there's no purpose to this, I'm not doing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, kind of, I'm getting a training because I should be walking Hadrian's Wall in June. So look, holiday, look, holiday. So and I need to kind of physically fit because again, because like, the gym has been shut. So have, again, in February, and again, in March last year, I think that I'm one of those people when when everything kind of goes Pete Tong I literally just go right work I've got to focus on work work's the most important thing everything else by the way exercise what's that anything else just just concentrated on work because at the time you didn't know what the outcome was going to be you know and you didn't know whether you were going to keep. I mean I was expecting on my first drive in on that Tuesday morning I was expecting the army at the roundabout. And I know that sounds a bit silly when I say it now, but I was like, oh, surely go home the back way. I, I, I was prepared. I'd brought the, the air bed in and um, and bedding. I was prepared to sleep in the office for three months if I had to. Yeah. You know, it was, it was that point, you know, it's kind of.
0: It was so scary, wasn't it? And none of us really knew what to expect. And I remember putting a post out, I think on my Facebook saying, oh, you know, we're in it for another three weeks. ha, ha,
1: ha. <laughs> yeah so you mean 12 months and well more than three yeah three <laughs> weeks a minute isn't it really we're practically yeah, yeah no definitely it's, it's,
0: it's crazy so what do you think the next 12 months holds for face-to-face finance
1: so well hopefully I'll get a holiday so I'll be a much happier <laughs> boss work with rather than the grumpy person that I probably currently am because I'll have been out and I'll have been escaped and through. Um, I think the next 12 months for us um, is probably going to be a lot of the same. I think I'm hoping we're going to be able to start going to see our clients face to face. Um, I actually did a survey um, with our clients last month in our monthly newsletter to ask whether they preferred face to face or whether they preferred to be online. So and the results were kind of expected but actually a lot as expected so I thought it was going to be a lot higher number for face-to-face we're roughly about the 70-30 mark with 70% wanting face-to-face and 30% wanting online or telephone so that was really really interesting so that will have an impact on the way we work moving forward because those clients who have said they want to be online well they'll that's what they're going to get that's what we're offering them and obviously we'll offer them what they would like and that's what we'll do um, we'll continue to grow and um, we're hoping we were able to do some little um, we do kind of like a few little village seminars and things like that. And obviously we've not been able to do any of that kind of thing. And we we actually are based in Cringleford, which is like a really nice area. And it's got a nice village hall. And when we first moved in, we're like, Oh, we'll have to do something. And obviously it hasn't happened. We've been here three years. So that'll be a nice kind of thing to plan. Um, we've got our own podcast um, and we've also um, doing some stuff online as well. So there's going to be some interesting things happening on that regard. And, um, you know, we'll just continue to grow the business. So it's, um, as it is, we have lots of referrals from um, existing clients and also from some introducers. And it just seems to go from strength to strength. So, which is always is a testament to obviously the hard work of the team.
0: That's fantastic. That sounds super exciting as well. It's like, <laughs> I think the, having the time kind of away from the hustle and bustle of, of normal life, you know, pre-COVID, it does give you more time, doesn't it, to think about other things that you can do in your business.
1: Oh, definitely. I always come back from a holiday with like ideas and stuff like that. And I feel that I'm definitely missing that in the last 12 months because I haven't really had that kind of come back from holiday. Yes, right. I'm going to do this. We're going to do that. And I just I just haven't had that. I'm trying and I'm I'm quite a positive person. But sometimes it's like, oh, okay, what are we going to do now? (laughs) It can be quite, a you know, it's, it's been hard in certain times, but, you know, we'll get there
0: yeah completely you've got the right mindset and like I say you've got a solid team behind you so there's absolutely nothing standing in your way really is there so so you said you've got a team of about 11 people how how do you find having a team of that size what's it like for you
1: so it's quite interesting so I have three consultants so one of which is my husband so um so obviously i tell him off on a regular basis <laughs> <laughs> um so but you know from a from a big decision point of view i've obviously i've got somebody i can balance ideas off which is really good i have a self-employed consultant who i've worked with for over 22 years which is also for forgot i thought sometimes a second married i'm also our younger consultant um who's in her late 20s and she's basically started over the last four years so um so they're kind of like they kind of they're not part of it, they, they're there they have to do is obviously follow, follow the company rules etc and from that respect they kind of go and do their their thing and then I then have the team in the office um which is like the administration side the back office side and essentially what we do in the back office is we do everything for the consultants apart from actually going out and seeing the client right so um that's kind of it so it's um it's hard. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's um, not the job for everybody, and that's probably one of our hardest challenges: is getting the right people. As you can probably imagine, um, I'm quite a stickler for detail, and attention to detail is really, really important. So broad brush people, and this is not the right job for them. Um, everything is obviously checked because it has to be because we're dealing with like we look after about 100 million pounds of a client's money. So you'd expect it to be checked and double checked. And um, so that's always really important. And also we, we, we encourage all our staff to do their financial services qualifications. So that's a really, really important part. So um, the girls we've got at the office at the moment, I've got an HR manager, uh, I have um, a compliance director, and then I have like a administration teams at various levels, senior and sort of junior, who kind of do their work. Um, it's kind of like you know get we're we're really really I think we're a supportive company and we'll support them to go through their exams and so the more exams they do the better they understand what they're doing as well which I think makes is a really really important part of the job Um, but yeah not everybody's cut out for it so for example um, I've had people in the past who have um, when they you know they don't like their work being checked they think that it should be OK. If they've written, it, it should be fine. And you probably know as well as I do that you write a letter and you go back to it an hour later and you're like, really, did I write that? My God, my typos. And it's like a case of, you know, that's why everything is checked and, you know, it's and checked again. So part of a senior staff job is to check what everything we do. And even if I wrote a letter, I'd give it to someone else to check before I sent it. So because that's just. The way it's done to make sure it's correct and I haven't put this is when I really meant this isn't because that's some classic one a positive like when it should have been a negative or a negative when it should have been a positive so um we find with that and maths as well maths is quite a big part of what we do percentages and people who can't cope with maths or can't work on percentages and that they that's not really good for me but one thing I've always found quite interesting is people are scared of money oh So we had a girl many, many years ago, and she just could not deal with the fact that she, so we do like what we do, what we call fund switches. So we'll move, when we do a client's review meeting, we normally recommend that they'll upgrade their portfolio. And nowadays, it's a bit of a button press. But back then, it used to be a bit more like you have to move, you move a percentage of clients' money. Say you've got, you want to move 25% of that fund into 25% of that fund. So that could be 25%, that could be £100, or that could be a million pounds. And um, she used to always get a real head. She, if it was a high amount, she just completely freaked. And I'd be like, you just need to see it as a percentage. Because essentially you're moving with 25% of that fund to 25% of that fund. That's it. And it doesn't matter whether that's a million pounds or a hundred pounds you're moving. You're doing exactly the same motion. So you, you can't be scared because you're more likely to make a mistake if you're kind of Flitting about whenever it yeah. was too much. So, and yeah, and that's we've had a few people actually who've been scared of the amounts of money, and which is kind of, I say a few, not very many, we've kind of caught them quite early on. And it's also part of the interview process now. So it's funny, we'll isn't it?
0: Like, I, I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends who is a nurse and she works on the Palliative Care Ward. And she said to me, I couldn't, she honestly said these words. She said, Shona, I couldn't cope with the pressure of your job. And I was like sorry she said oh, she said I couldn't cope you've got people's jobs like you know in your hands I said you're dealing with people's lives like how <laughs> what <laughs> I couldn't do your job my job's nothing compared to what you're doing but it's just funny isn't it how people's perceptions of things like mon- money especially is a big trigger for people isn't it No,
1: definitely really. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I couldn't do your friend's job as well. I mean, a, a complete respect for anyone who works in that industry as well. It's just, you know, but yeah, it wouldn't be something that I could do. I could do the numbers, but yeah, the actual kind of caring bit, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, really I do care honestly. So, but I, I get emotional. One of the things that we have, one of, the, one of the worst bits about our job is that we have lots of elderly clients. So it's when they die, I sit on the phone and cry. So I try not to cry to the relatives, but I have been known to do that before because it's you get really emotionally attached because, you know, some of our clients we have had for like 20 years and it's like, you know, you get that phone call and it is it's really difficult. You know, yeah. you, it's not. And I think that's the one thing I like about our job. It's not just like a client is it doesn't just come to see us once and then it's gone this is a client that we see like every year every six months it's kind of a regular relationship and it's you know they ring up and you they see you and we had clients come to our wedding you know we have an annual barbecue every year and we invite um some clients to come along to that so you know it, it's there's there's certain ones where you're like that'd be really sad and this year has been really sad the last six months because we've um out of our original clients we first set the company up we've only really got um We've got three left one couple and one lady and the rest of all unfortunately we, we had we lost a lot in the last six months which is really sad but then they're all very old um so it was one of those it is an occupational hazard about people unfortunately so um but yeah which is very sad from that respect so
0: oh bless them
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> that really does
0: get you in the heart doesn't it and i i love i love elderly people that sounds really patronizing but i do i could just listen to them all day i think they're adorable
1: uh, and, we, and we've got some amazing clients who've got so have done the most fabulous careers and have done the most fabulous things in their life and and tell the most interesting stories and, you know, it's and it's it is it's lovely that you know we've been we've been been part of their lives and been involved with them so, you know, it's definitely some some really yeah and yeah, obviously all our clients are lovely but you know it's there's, there's certainly the old like you say their stories are just so interesting so they're
0: just so sweet aren't they even the ones that aren't sweet you just think yeah I like you <laughs> <laughs> even the ones that are really sassy.
1: Uh, so, and so to be fair, if they are a bit grumpy, normally it's because they don't understand. And when you've actually explained it, then they're fine. So we don't really have grumpy clients. Most of our clients, if there is a problem and they ring up and they'll be like, oh, it's more because they're, they're stressing because something's different. They've got something in the post they just don't understand. And once you've explained it to them and put them on, put them on the right track, they're absolutely fine again. So
0: it's oh, so lovely that, that, that you can impact people's lives like that just by giving them that person that they can call when like you say, they get a letter that they think I don't know what this means and I'm terrified they can just ring up and speak to you I think that's brilliant
1: yeah no and that's the that's a big part of our job the reassuring a bit as well so and you know dealing with that side of things it's really really good so and that's again what with the clients as well when we take on the, the girls personal customer service is a big part of that so it is quite a cool tall order you've got to have really good attention to detail you've got to like maths you've got to not be scared of money and you've got to be really good at customer service so you're kind of taking quite a skill set there so I do feel that you know the girls in the team you know they they, it is a hard job description and it it is a difficult one and I do say when we recruit I go if you if it's not for you you just need to say really quickly because you it will it will become apparent to us but it will probably be more apparent to you early on so
0: yeah and I that's that's amazing that you have those conversations with people because so many employers just go right I've got somebody brilliant go in and do the job and they don't even stop to think that they might the person might go I don't know if I like this never mind whether or not the employer thinks yeah this is the right person for my business
1: well this is it so I mean, normally if it's not the right fit it's not the right fit for either so it's very rare that you find that it's like i mean every now and again you might come across one where you feel oh, they're really good and they're like it's not for me i mean years ago we had a girl and um she'd come from another company and she would had a real moan about her old boss saying that her, she could do everything her old boss could do and um, she only lasted two weeks and left and the reason she left is because um she realized that she wasn't going to be able to do my job in two weeks and it was a case of that's fine, but and that's absolutely fun. But she, I think she, she needed to be so much in control, and she had to know everything. And I think she realised that actually, you know, what she'd covered in, in the first two weeks was like such a, such a tiny tip of the iceberg. And um, even I don't know everything. I have to go away and research new things happen. It's like new legislation. It's like oh, you know, it's different things happen. I'm I always reason we have to do so much CPD, and it's obviously you know continually learning. So it's a case of, you know, so and yeah one of the reasons why she didn't, sit course, she left is because she just wanted to control everything and she obviously couldn't because, you know, what do you do? So. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's exactly what you've got probationary periods for, isn't it? So you can work this it all exactly. out and you, there's not really any love lost there.
1: It. and the reason I love our job is because it is so different and it is so diverse you know you can deal with different clients some stuff's obviously the same with every job there's going to be oh we're going to do this so it's going to be a pension, or, it's going to be nicer but you know every client's query is different everyone's got a different story and you know you've got a really nice meaty complicated kind of qu- query and a, a taxation issue and it's like a loads of it, oh yeah I love all that sort of stuff a really good meaty case is fantastic and it's so much to learn yeah
0: definitely. yeah I love a meaty case I love it when I obviously don't love it when my clients are stressed, but when my clients are freaking <laughs> out and they ring me and go, Shona, this really horrible, complicated thing's happened. I'm like, yes, let me ask it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's get this fixed
1: let's Fix it. yeah no absolutely I love, and it is and it's great and you're actually great to come up with solutions So like we do love inheritance tax planning and that's great because it's meaty and then they bought in the residential mill rate band so that's complicated and then there could be this and there could be that and you've got to look at this and there's well this is the option if you do this this happens if you do that oh it's it's fantastic it's great and like pensions are the same as well you're looking at the tax and going what should you take your income from for your retirement if you've got the different product should you take it from this pension should you take it from this what's the optimal amount? from this to then do this to make sure you don't pay any tax or as little as possible and those kind of they're all good fun they're good you know okay I need to get out a lot more often than I do don't I, I definitely need a holiday <laughs> I
0: think we both do I feel like yeah. I need a holiday on a beach with a lot of cocktails that's where I'm at right now
1: yeah I'm hoping for roads in July I'm having everything crossed and then like the other week my husband was like I don't think we're going go to go roads definitely going to get there and I just was like crushed and then the other day he went I think we might be back on for roads and I'm like stop raising my hopes up don't do this to me <laughs> so. uh,
0: I am hanging out for a holiday we should have gone on our honeymoon last year and we were going to do a road trip in America um,
1: oh.
0: and it was going to be amazing we're going to go from Texas to Montana and we're still planning on doing it but yeah it's not gonna we, we were gonna do it last year and they'll see pandemic happened. and luckily we got locked down a week before we got our passports back so we hadn't booked anything so we were lucky in that respect and then we thought oh we'll do it you know next year and then obviously it's carried on so it'll probably it'll probably be retiring by the time we do it
1: <laughs> well we'll have, to have a chat about your road trip because I've road tripped across America about four or five times but I haven't done Texas to Montana so but um yeah i'll have to look at your route if there's any anywhere that i've been that i can because most of our road trips end in las vegas yeah so um i've done washington dc to vegas nashville to vegas and i'm hoping we're going to be going to seattle to vegas um later this year Touchwood. nice yeah i've done i've
0: done new york to la with a stop at vegas to nice
1: be. Oh, it's yeah, okay. as long as you've been in vegas once it's okay yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah definitely um yeah it was a really really good trip but we we want to I've always wanted to go to Montana I think I've just I've read a lot of books that are set in Montana so like in my head I've got in my head what I want it to be yeah and there's lots of opportunities to go horse riding which is going to be a massive part of our holiday um and I just thought i because I've done the road trip thing I don't feel like I could go and just go in one go to one place I feel like I no, need to be like on the road
1: will be cool montana as custer's last stand there as well yeah. isn't it because we we were due to go there we were in deadwood and we got snowed in in deadwood in april a few years back and the plan had been that we were going to go up to custer's last stand but in the end we kind of dug ourselves out of i don't know how many inches of snow and got ourselves some to um uh, to Wyoming instead. So we actually missed out. So it's definitely somewhere. And I was gutted because Deadwood was going to be a real highlight. And I was going to look around. And we got there like, I don't know, like seven o'clock at night, pitch black, snowing. We got into the hotel and we're like, well, we're not leaving. We went to the restaurant around the corner. And then we're like, we're not going to be looking anywhere else. It's just too much snow. So, but yeah, it was really cool. So yeah, if Deadwood's not on your list then you're not being, add Deadwood to your, there's a definite.
0: Good. I like definite. that. I'm going to yeah. check that out. Oh, it gets yeah. me excited for a trip now. Get, oh, I'll be on get
1: Google lamp. later and planning your trip before you go right where you're going. Okay, oh, don't, don't forget so and so. And obviously you've got um what do you call it, the um Mount Rushmore as well. Yes. Yes. And also Crazy Horse.
0: Yeah, got all of that. Got it all in there.
1: Yeah, oh definitely. And definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Oh, will be. We got a well
0: sidetracked then. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was gonna say yes, so honestly, we're off on a holiday. <laughs>
0: The point of the podcast we need a holiday that's it <laughs>
1: yeah I was gonna say this is a holiday envy moment in the podcast yes 100% um,
0: okay so we talked quite a bit about finding the right people for your team what mm-hmm. what would be your top tips to other employers for finding the right people for the business?
1: Um, so it's one of the, it's quite difficult. I think asking good questions is always a, a good thing, but it's like, what is a good question? Because people are kind of trained to answer the whole, what's your strengths and weaknesses? They kind of always come out the thing. So asking for examples, um, what I normally do is we normally give them a chance to say, tell us a little bit about you. And that kind of tells you quite a lot, to be honest, about the person, by how they answer or not answer, as the case may be. I always ask them what they know about the company. So, and then that's the case of, and to be fair, working in financial services, I don't expect them to know huge amounts, but I do expect them to have Googled the website and at least had a look. So if you haven't bothered to Google the website, then obviously then probably that's the end of your interview, really. I actually had one boy many, many years ago. And I said, what do you know about the company? He went, oh, I'd never interview this morning. So I didn't bother to look yours up. Oh, I was good. like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting a job if you know what skills you want from them make sure they're going to be having those skills and also the right fit for your team they might be the most qualified person there but if you think actually you're going to be a bit prickly you're really going to clash of x and you know who's a really you know the team as a whole so trying to make sure you're going to get someone they haven't got to be all like carbon copies of each other but they've got to be a team that will someone who's going to get on with other people and in you know, a like a diverse environment as well and you know that's really important and sometimes it's gonna sound really awful but the quieter ones are normally kind of better than the noisier ones the noisier ones normally have something to hide i know that sounds really awful but i do find that the quieter ones it's nice to bring them out of their shell and then their parents can ring you and say what an amazing job you've done with their children uh, but also certainly if they're younger ones but if they're really noisy you normally end up finding out that there's going to be an issue later on <coughs> And that is 17 years experience there uh, speaking.
0: So. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you there. And I think that the team fit is always a really, really important one for me because if you're spending the majority of your waking hours with these people, you've got to be able to get on and work together. You can't have someone who's going to drag the energy of the team down or grate on everybody and wind everybody up. It's just not going to work, is it?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So and I just think also, you know, it's a case of just, yeah the, to be fair the fit I think is probably the most important thing because I always think that I can train you most things and when also if you've got someone who's going to, your job is going to involve lots of maths and English and if you've set yourself a, a, if you've set yourself like a limit of A to C maths don't ever let yourself be talked into accepting a D because you will always regret that decision if you obviously if you, but whatever criteria you set as a minimum standard that you expect them to have don't ever lower your standards to let someone in because nine times out of ten or actually ten times out of ten you will be disappointed later on that will be a waste of your time and that person's time because you know at the end of the day it's never nice to get rid of a member of staff and it's always it's always kind of quite sad but actually it's not just about the company it's about them as well so it's a case of if it's not the right job for them you know and you're dragging it out then you know it's just kind of it's not good for the team. It's not good for staff morale, and it's not good for the person who's probably going home miserable every night because they don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. So, and it, yeah.
0: I think when you've when you've got you know like entry level roles particularly, you've got kids who come straight from school. They've been told that they need to have their whole career mapped out ahead of them. They haven't actually got a scooby doo what they want to do with the rest of their lives. So you find that they just go to interviews because it's just good to get an interview. It's good to tell mum and dad I've got an interview today. That's why I'm yeah. going. And I, oh, I did it years ago. I think I'd got, I um, can't remember how old I was. I must have been about like 18. And I'd got made redundant from my horsey job because I left school convinced that I was going to work with horses. And that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> mostly because I've worked out that it was really cold most of the year and I didn't get any holiday. And I was like, what is this about?
1: Is there um, a lot of horse shit involved as well? Yeah, a lot of horse shit. And I got bitten <laughs> and kicked a lot as well. And I thought, oh, ow, like God, Amy doesn't get a bit on, on Heartland. No, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> this is not as glamorous as you think it is. And I went yeah. for um I went for a job at an accountancy firm, right? With my D in maths.
1: <laughs> on it. earth
0: I ever thought that was a good idea, Christ I only knows. But I went into that interview and he the the, the manager interviewing me was really patient actually because I was completely wasting everybody's time. I was like, yeah, this will be good. I'll be an accountant, even though I hate maths and I'm not good at it.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I was very relieved that I didn't get that job because I wouldn't have been able to do it.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember years ago going for an interview and um, I was being made redundant. I knew I was being made redundant. So I was obviously then looking. And I got into the room and obviously I, I, I know I'm, I'm like in my 40s, but I'm not that old. And they were like, yeah, we don't have any computers. Is this is a typewriter. And I was a bit like, what? Oh. Okay. And I had used a typewriter in my first job because we used to have these carbonated forms that we had to type, but I did have a computer for everything else. It's only that these forms had to be. And it was just like, crap, everything on the typewriter. And it was a bit like, Ooh, I feel quite modern here. Cause obviously <laughs> it's like, and luckily I didn't get it. Cause obviously I was just like, I'm just, I hope probably I did a whole start like bunny in the headlights at the whole, like, it's a typewriter. <laughs> so yeah, really glad I didn't get that job. <laughs>
0: oh that's amazing yeah it's funny isn't it that what you go but I think that's something that employers need to be mindful of is that you will get people who don't really know what they're applying for they don't really know why they're applying especially if they're in entry-level like apprenticeship roles so that is definitely something to be mindful of
1: yeah and also I think we do one of my agreements is fail fast if they're not working get them out quick so my record eight days oh wow what was what happened there Oh, gay days is quite a, we, a couple of years ago. Eight days was quite a good one. And it's also, you, you've kind of, and also, and also, if you've got an agency fee attached to it, if they've come for an agency, it's also a good time of failing as well. Um, we had an office manager. I was recruiting for an office manager, and um, the girl came in. She'd, she'd basically worked at an office manager. She'd managed 20 people. So, to be fair, coming in and doing like seven really wasn't that big a deal, really. And um, she came in and ripped jeans. And I was like, so and I'm quite, I think I'm quite subtle or well, not subtle. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit like a sledgehammer really. And I was like, oh, I said, um, not really appropriate. And she came in him again the next day. And I'm like, well, oh, I said, and then I said, I said, no. I said, I said, when I said they weren't appropriate that meant I didn't expect to see them again. And she went, oh, well, I haven't got anything clean. I said, I suggest you go to Tesco's on your way home and buy a pair then. And it was like, oh, and I'm because like the other girls were like, oh, she's got big jeans because they obviously they knew it was unacceptable. And I'm like, you're supposed to be a role model. It's like, so in the end, we sat her down and I just sort of said, you know, I think we need to discuss some points and about all the things that her her bad examples. And she went, oh, you just don't want me here. I said, no. I said, I want you to succeed because obviously you never take on anybody because you expect them to fail. You take on somebody because you want them to be that person who's going to fill the role that you need to fill and um, and she was like oh you don't want me i said no i said i just want you to be the office manager that i've employed which means that you don't wear ripped jeans to work and you know this we need to make sure that this is you this is kind of this is the persona this is the the person you you're representing okay you need to earn their respect and this is you know what you're doing isn't the way to do it and she just resigned so I gave her enough rope and then she hung herself, so that was fine. So
0: Yeah, I mean you you did everything you needed to there, didn't you? You told her what was expected of her. She failed to follow her instructions. You had a conversation. Yeah. She
1: did it for you Fair enough. yeah absolutely and it was it and obviously it wasn't the right job for her and i think maybe she thought it was gonna be a doddle but i was like yeah you, while well, you're managing staff you're also going to need to learn the job because you'll be checking their work so that's also going to be quite a big part of what you do so very what you're actually coming in as is not just as a new person you're coming in as a new manager so you've got to manage and you also need to learn but it was kind of a case of like you know we, we'll do a will hand over on a manager side of it as you learn but yeah, I was like, yeah, she was just like, it just wasn't going to work at all. So unfortunately, but you, you live and learn. So, but no, definitely. Yeah,
0: and sometimes you don't always see people's true colours at interview either, do you? It's sometimes you need for them to actually come in to work for a couple of weeks for you to actually see what they're really like.
1: Yeah, so yeah. And also if you get someone who's really negative in your office as well. I mean, I had one girl and she was awful, absolutely awful, and how she stayed as long as she did. It was obviously a moment of weakness somewhere along the line. And um, since she's gone, what, and that's probably about four years ago, I must've had 10 reference requests for her. So, and she has now left Norfolk. So I'm like, she's obviously ran out of companies to go to. But she and I've spoken to other people who have employed her, and they've gone, "Oh, you had her too, did you?" And um, yes, yeah, a real soul sucker. Oh, I that's like, not good, is it? Yeah, and you need to, and those you need to cut those out as well. If you've got a soul sucker, you know they need to be kind of cut, can nip them out, of the, nip them out of the bud before they cause too much trouble.
0: Yeah, because it's whatever's going on in their life to make them like that. You can't have that impact the team and they really do drag the entire team down with them. And it impacts the clients as well, especially with your customer facing. If you've got some poor little elderly woman freaking out about a letter through the post and she's got some soul sucker negative Nelly answering the phone.
1: (laughs) So. Oh, she did to write. Oh, she knew used to write notes because obviously on our back office system it's really important. We always keep our notes up to date. It's just that like, well, I never used to keep. We never used to update the notes when with my other company and I'm like, well, I don't really care. This is where you are now, and our notes are always up to date because this is what we're. where there's an issue later on, I can then go back to the life office I mean amount of times I've got compensation for a client when they've gone oh you haven't asked for that and I'm like so on the 21st I, I spoke to John on the 22nd I spoke to Sandra and on the 23rd I spoke to so-and-so and on the 24th you were going to do this and I'm, and then by the time I've sort of got halfway through they're like okay we'll send the client money you know it, it can that stuff is really really important to make sure it's done correctly and there's a real reason why you do that because when they and if they come back like 10 years later and go well why did we do this and you're like it's because of this yeah, they do and I you might completely heard, agree with you the notes haven't so
0: <laughs> yes I definitely I and I operate in exactly the same way every single phone call has got notes recorded on my system so that I can go back when they say oh I followed your instructions and this didn't work out I can say, actually well I didn't tell you that what I told you was x y and z yeah if it if it isn't written down it didn't happen no, absolutely exactly
1: the same as well and it's so important to have those notes and refer back to them and you know and and it, like with the consultants if they have a conversation with the client i'm like right okay have you done a letter to cover what you discuss and it's like yeah so and it's we're really really hot on all that kind of thing
0: yeah you've got to you've got to cover your backside it's yeah the absolutely. world in which we live
1: unfortunately it is but yeah definitely
0: so what would be your ultimate top tip for our listeners on um how they can look after their finances what's your like best bit of advice that you would give them
1: um i think the best bit of advice is basically to be organized be organized so organize yourself so um essentially put together everything you've got so pull together all your um all your information so say for example you've got some pensions people have pensions going back years and they never look at them they think oh i had that pension of that employer or i had that pension there Pull them all together, make sure you've got them, get all your information together, and, and basically you can see what you've got. And also any ICES savings accounts. If you've even got a building society book that you haven't looked at for years, the government has got, or say the government, the financial services industry keeps so much money from people who haven't updated their details, who've moved and changed their names making sure you know where it all is So that if you have got anything where you've got married or you've changed your name make sure you put it in the right name because trust me it's a lot of hassle when we have to go and do something with it when later on when you have to move it and we have to do your name changes it just drags it all out and it just takes a bit longer and also if you've moved make sure you always tell where you've moved to as well so always keep your details up to date and uh, make sure you always know where everything is so be ready organized and review what you have on a regular basis so know where it is, know what you've got and review it. And if, if also, if you've got like a load of pensions and you're not doing anything with them, then I'd recommend going to speak to a financial advisor um, because it might be worth actually having a look to see whether or not you know, what they're doing and making sure they're working as hard for you as they should be, because certainly the older ones probably aren't now. And it's a reason why we review all our clients' um, information and policies on a regular basis is to make sure they're always working as hard as they should
0: amazing I love all of that advice because I love being super organized so yeah I totally agree with all of that that's amazing. it's amazing
1: Start not a spreadsheet like that's all it helps
0: <laughs> yeah spreadsheet or just like highlighters or plastic wallets yeah. like anything just get all the stage to bring out yeah. super exciting
1: absolutely and just know what you've got and know where it is
0: yeah 100% Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I've got some quick fire questions for you now, Julia. Okay, you? no problem at all. Get warmed up, get ready for this. Right.
1: Come oh, get okay. oh, oh, ready, ready. tense. <laughs> the bit I'm most worried about these quick fire questions.
0: All right, so tea or coffee?
1: Fruit tea.
0: Oh, fruit. Which, which one's your
1: favourite? Um, I quite like a sweet rhubarb by Taylor's.
0: Very nice. Very fancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i um, think most of them but that's my favorite yeah
0: spring or autumn
1: um i'm actually an autumn color person with my colors but actually i do like spring because i love it when it's all the new life and the daffodils and the snowdrops and the lambs and things like that so yeah spring
0: i am the same with my nice ginger hair i'm definitely an autumn say, color Definitely autumn yeah 100 um are you a dessert or a cheese board person cheese board oh yeah um, wine or cocktails?
1: Oh, hard one. Cocktails, probably. Yeah, I do like. A good... <laughs> I'll drink. Don't coffee. give me bath. I will drink both. It's not a problem. But yeah, I do like a nice cocktail.
0: I'm the same. Queue them up. I don't mind. Yeah. Definitely in
1: Vegas because the Vegas do do the best cocktails. Oh god, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, do you prefer a book or a film? Book. And are you cats or dogs?
1: Cats. Ooh. Have you got any cats? Um, I haven't, I did have um, many, many years ago and unfortunately got run over, so. And Ralph doesn't like cat's hair on his suits. And he always says that we can never replace Sammy because Sammy was special. In more ways than one, actually, to be fair, because he doesn't the cat, cats. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used to pretend that we weren't there. He would used to walk over Ralph's, like over his head, like i get over the back of a settee and pretend that you couldn't see him. <laughs> right he was also in the edp because he once fell asleep in the engine of someone's car who then drove it to Vauxhall. oh my gosh and survived to tell the tale wow but yeah oh bless him. i know definitely
0: oh that has been absolutely amazing julie yeah. thank you so so much for taking the time to come on and have a chat with me um where can all of our lovely listeners find you and your services
1: Okay, so we are um, based, we're based in Cringleford. So we're at the Cringleford Business Centre, and the company is called Face to Face Finance, um, which is obviously near Norwich, depending on how far away you are when you live. Um, our telephone number is 01603 625 100. Our website is F tof-finance.co.uk, which I know is a bit of a mouthful. And uh, we got all our contact information. And we're also on Facebook under face-to-face finance. And I'm also on Facebook under Julie Hunts. And also we have a group, a free group, which gives some um, free, um, not advice, but information and knowledge and information about investments and um, money kind of things. It's very technical there, um, called the Money Compass, which is navigating your way to financial success.
0: That's amazing. And I will put all the links to all of that amazing value and content in the show notes so that everyone can access it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was, um, it was very enjoyable. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you love what you're hearing, then be sure to tell us on Facebook and Instagram at Lilac HR LTD.